Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your new favorite podcast for all things paranormal, true crime, and just a little bit weird. Today we have a very special guest. Our friend Rachel Johnson is here. Hi, Rachel. Hi. She is subbing in for Michael, but as always, there is me and Jennifer and Shelby. Hello. Hey, guys. (laughs) So to kick it off, Rachel, I've met you a million times, and then our friend Lee introduced us even better, and we had a crazy bachelorette party weekend together. Yes, we did. I think there was seven girls and 11 bottles of wine, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. In one hotel room. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I actually had the exact same weekend. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, Shelby through our favorite local bar, Moon City. Yes. And some of your local friends as well. Springfield's basically just a really small town. It is. Like, I've heard a lot of people call it, like, a big little town because everybody knows everybody peripherally, but also there's a lot of people here, so. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you don't know Jennifer. No, I don't think so. Nope. So now you know each other. She doesn't exactly. leave the house. Jennifer doesn't I don't. Really. I don't had go this conversation. Out. You just stay in this basement and record podcasts? <laughs> yeah, this is where I live, actually. <laughs> he doesn't know, but this is where I live. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> uh, well, Rachel, do you want to give us a little bit of background as to who you are, what you do, and why you love what we do? Yeah, I have worked at a couple different museums because I'm a big nerd about history and art. And right now I work for the local arts council. And so it was really fun for me doing research on this because I haven't had a good history research project in a while. So be excited for some sources that are the library and <laughs> the old newsletter. But I was listening to your guys's first episode and I was like, oh, they're totally going to touch on the thing that I touch on whenever I talk about my oh shit moment when I realized like why I'm into spooky stuff Mm -hmm. because I was listening to this other podcast called Faculty of Horror and it's I have not heard of this okay well let me tell you it's two women who are English professors and I can't remember what college they're at but they're English professors and they pretty much like watch horror films and then talk about what was happening culturally when that film was made that makes it work Oh. And that sounds um, like everything we like. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, you guys yeah. should listen to it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's unfortunately, it's one of those ones I can't really have on in the background because they get so in depth on stuff. I actually want to stop and listen to what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. um, so you can't do it like while you're doing dishes or anything. But one episode they were talking about uh, the movie Fright Night and those kind of like 80s, early 90s films that are focused on like teenagers and the they kind of have to be the hero of the movie. And they were like, well, the reason that these were so successful is because around that time there was a lot of latchkey kids and a lot of kids of divorce and they were just at home alone all the time and the the uh, protagonists in these movies the reason it works is because the kid is home alone all the time and the parents aren't there to save the day so the kid or teenager has to use their problem solving skills and the parents are totally ignoring them to figure out how to you know stop being a vampire how to you know defeat freddy krueger and stuff like that and i was like that was me i was an only child who was a latchkey kid and i was home alone and like the like these are the only 
characters I identified with was these kids who have this supernatural insurmountable problem and the parents are checked out mm-hmm. so they have to solve it and they were saying that like that's the reason a lot of people in our generation ended up relating to spooky stuff and I, I love it like Hocus yeah. Pocus mm-hmm. that's a big one that I thought you know right as you're saying that mm-hmm. Monster Squad have you guys ever seen that of course I've seen that. it's <laughs> so bad but it's so great <laughs> um mm-hmm. I made my husband watch that and then my sister because she had never seen it she's five years younger than me and they're like this is a terrible fucking movie and I'm like no <laughs> this is point. a great yeah. movie <laughs> you just don't get it shut your mouth right now mm-hmm. but yeah on your first episode you guys were hinting at early 80s early 90s horror movies being an only child latchkey kid and i was like oh they're totally gonna like have listened to that same episode as me but you haven't so there so you it go just, it further proves their point pretty mm-hmm. much I yeah would, i would say so that actually makes a lot more sense than my explanation for it which was just that that's what was always on in my house <laughs> yeah they, they understood me deep inside mm-hmm. right obviously and mm-hmm. i grew into an adult who can't solve the problems that i should have been able to solve <laughs> yeah. 16, apparently, now, now so. you're the adult in the story but who's gonna it. have to have a teenager pick up after them right i'm a werewolf so. to teach himself how to shave yeah <laughs> but if you find treasure map to a pirate ship under your town you'll know exactly what to do because of the guineas oh that's that's, that's totally one of my documents yeah. is a, the pirate ship map it's perfect under springfield Excellent. So, Rachel, I know that you are an avid listener to our podcast. Yes. And you are aware of our cold open icebreaker yet to be named really question that we ask in the beginning. That's a super rolls off the tongue name. I think we'll stick with that. (laughs) Perfect. We will. So, my question for this evening, since we are talking about Springfield, downtown Springfield specifically, what is your most memorable experience in downtown Springfield? Man, you know, I've been going to downtown Springfield since I was in high school because I went to Central, which is pretty close to downtown. So sneaking out and going to Mudhouse uh, is not something any high schooler should ever do, if any high schoolers are listening, but totally did that. But now, you know, ever since the over 21 time in my life happened, I've been drunk downtown a lot. Um, (laughs) And there was one Halloween where I was really drunk, and I was dressed as Liza Minnelli, because those of you who can't see me, I am have short dark hair and a little on the heavier side, and I was like, li- just throw a mole on my face, I'm Liza Minnelli. <laughs> um, but uh, I was really drunk, and I was out with a couple people, and I was like, at that point of drunk, we're like, You're, I'm not talking to anybody, I'm just zoning out. But apparently my superpower became to automatically realize what anybody else's costume was. Like, if they were like, what do you think that is? That's odd. I would just like monotone be like she's this the example i have is a woman who was wearing a skirt made out of little different paint chips like you get from the hardware store mm-hmm. and my friends were like i wonder what she is and i'll go 50 shades of gray and they're like <laughs> what are you what what are you and she's like i'm 50 shades of gray with all the different paint chips blah 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 just somehow my drunk superpower is to intuitively know what people are dressed as yeah. apparently just rain man halloween <laughs> yeah that's, exactly that's, yeah. <laughs> so. that's amazing we need to hang out this october yeah because oh, i am down <laughs> excellent well i actually lived downtown in a loft for a number of years and it was awesome there were so many things i loved about it living downtown during art walks sucks because there's no parking unfortunately but living downtown during pub crawls are amazing because you don't go out to the pub crawl 
you have people over, you open your windows and you yell at drunk people or like hang out and just, you know, try and figure out what the hell is going on with all these things. I thought that was you. It was amazing. (laughs) We actually lived across from a music venue and the bouncers at this music venue, Shelby, it's not one that you've played at or at least since I've known you, you've played at. It's a music venue in Springfield. I probably played there. Anyway, the bouncers here were the worst. They were like, super big armed no necked and like were so rude to the people trying to get in and like there were some you know some vagabonds outside and they'd always be really awful to them and it was just horrible so occasionally we would have laser pointers or super balls and like just terrorize these people and it was so much fun um we would always have big dinners and just it it was a really, really great time. Like, we were too, almost too old to go out to pub crawl. So, like, it was a good way to experience it from the warmth and comfort and booziness of my own abode, I guess. Can I amend mine now that you're mentioning pub crawls? Yeah. So, I've never been on a pub crawl. But one time I was downtown and I didn't realize it was pub crawl. And all I wanted was some nachos from Patton Alley. Um, because their nachos are delicious they are so good chicken nachos with that queso sauce oh yeah and so i go up to the the guy at the door and he was like oh you have to have a pub crawl wristband and i didn't want to buy a pub crawl wristband and i just in my most desperate voice was like but all i want is some nachos (laughs) and he was like okay and like let me in and i went and got my nachos can i just use that anytime like if i just say in a desperate voice but i just want some nachos (laughs) Can I just sneak in anywhere? So As long as they're not big bros that have no necks, I think that'll probably be okay. fine. Yeah, that me- theory remains to be proven, yep. but I'll let you know. Perfect. I'd let, let you in. Okay. <laughs> Shelby, you have a neck. Son of a bitch, I do. <laughs> By golly, I do. Jennifer? Because Shelby's, you know Shelby's is yeah, going to be the best, so we got to let him I know. actually have two options now. Oh. I forgot about the other one. Well, if anybody knows me, I'm, like, pretty freaking boring. Um, no. I don't go out very often. I would just, like, rather just go to the movies and just hang out with people. There's a movie Instead, theater downtown. I don't downtown. drink that uh, that much, but whenever I was, like, early college, like, you know, 18, 19, whenever you feel like you're cool and you just want to, you know, actually experience things outside of, like, just your hometown or whatever, mm-hmm. and you actually have things, because I didn't have, like, anything growing, like, there was no, like, nightlife at all. Yeah. Um, but you would just go to those, like, weird clubs downtown, and that, like... That was so Oh, God. And just, like, thinking about going there now just seems really, like, dirty. <laughs> But I would be, like, 18 or 19 there, and then there would be a bunch of older guys, and, like, they're always, like, creepy and, like, just staring at people. Wearing, like, wearing and there's always a boogie. mirror. Oh, God. Oh. I, mostly Zan. <laughs> mostly Zan. Like, wearing mesh shirts and fist bumping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but there was also a lot of foreign guys that would just, like, stare. And then it was just so weird. I just hated every second of it. And I was like, I don't feel like I should be here. So I remember going out with some of my friends one time to the boogie. And we, I think, had just probably turned 21, maybe, possibly. Um, and I went to go get a drink at the bar. And if anybody's been at the boogie, you know that there was like a, almost like a step up, like a, a a bar thing around the base of the bar that you, if you were like a tiny 21-year-old girl, 
could stand on and like get better service or whatever. So I was standing on this bar, like kind of leaning over a little bit. And this guy walked up to me. He's like, man, do you play volleyball? And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, you're really tall. And I got down off the bar and I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, I've never gotten that before. (laughs) But thank you. He bought me a drink and that was the end of the story. So it's fine. So since you refuse to pick, I'll, I'll tell the one that I know you already know. And then I might tell the second one if I decide it's a good idea. Depending on the sparkle of my eyeballs. Mostly that. Yes. Um, so Just I was... say you want nachos really desperately and he'll do it. Shelby, I really want nachos. <laughs> Your wish is my command. <laughs> so I, I was out with a few friends. I was at a bar that I will not name because I'm not sure if the guy still lives across the street or not. <laughs> um, and from this bar, you had a view of many, many lofts. Um, mm-hmm. That you could pretty much see directly into if they didn't have any sort of a window covering. There are a lot of lofts in downtown Springfield for those of you that don't live here. Right. And and uh, my mistake was looking directly through one of these up? windows. Looking up. Yeah, looking up, I guess. Uh, because I'm a smoker and I was out there several times throughout the course of the evening and I happened to glance up. And what I saw, I, I can't describe any better than two people fucking on a gazelle. <laughs> And of course, I'm not referring to the thing that lions chase down. I'm talking about that goofy ass exercise equipment from the '90s with the guy with the bad mullet that advertised it for so long. My mom has you got your cardio in somehow. I bet, I bet she does. I've I've never been in the middle of sex and thought, "Wow, I need more exercise." Aside, aside from whenever I've like lost breath and been like, "I should exercise whenever I'm not doing this." Sexercise, I think right. yeah, you could call that. But again, That's a new we, craze. we all just kind of stood around watching this. We could only see the girl from about the belly button up, and the dude was behind her, obviously slightly taller than hers. So we knew he was there. Um, and, and obviously the boobs drew us to the window, but, <laughs> yeah, but, obviously. but the guy kept our attention. Um, <laughs> so in watching this, we're all just sitting around just trying to figure out how any of this is physically possible. Yeah. And so there's like five people sitting here staring at these people now, and I think they finally realized it because the girl starts looking directly at us, and then I just kind of went, hello, and the guy <laughs> waves back. And I'm like, oh, you filthy piece of shit. <laughs> they probably like that. Maybe that's what they like wanted to do. If, they... if you're going to bang on a gazelle near a window, yeah, you're into it. Yeah, that's... obviously. If you could only see them from the belly button down, maybe they were belly just Belly button up. Belly button up. Sorry. Yes. Because <laughs> at that point, there's no question what they're doing. Right? Valid. They, they, they Valid. actually built a pedestal so you could see their bits while they were doing this. It was amazing. I mean, maybe they were just innocently exercising in the nude. No. <laughs> I mean, she. There I were a couple of times. I'm trying to defend them. Also, no, there, there were a couple of times where there was like hands pressed up against the window and everything else. Oh, I've seen this scenario right. play out a few times. He's seen but... Titanic. He yes. knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he knows. knows. Yeah, you know the scene where they bang on the gazelle. <laughs> <laughs> that classic scene. I did. So, know, I didn't know that was related. But so after you mentioned this to us earlier, Jennifer and I probably spent a good 15 minutes, like looking up gazelle use videos and like images to try and figure out the logistics of like two people on a gazelle one because that's a tight fit and two (laughs) how exactly he would like get up in there to really like serve a purpose no i saw you positioning yourself in strange ways trying to figure out how this is physically possible she was demonstrating As much as she could. I didn't have a gazelle to use, so right. it was really just a lot of like me trying to move one foot and the other at like different ways. It was a series of strange lunges, basically. <laughs> Essentially. I mean, you're not wrong, Shelby. 
But yeah, yeah, that's that's what I did today. <laughs> but then again, like, I mean, not to nitpick, but <laughs> <laughs> this didn't actually like. This is just something you observed downtown. This isn't actually like your best experience that you ever had downtown. <laughs> Which means that you need to tell the is there, fucking story. Yeah, is there anything that more directly involves you? Than I like voyeurism? having Rachel on this show. Can we I, keep her? I don't anymore. <laughs> so if you're listening and something bad happened to your front door between the years of 2012 and 2014, I apologize in advance. You uh, should turn, turn, it off, turn it off right now. <laughs> So I, I had gone downtown for pub crawl, and when I say I went downtown for pub crawl, I mean I threw on my wool trench coat, a weird family opera mask, threw a fifth of whiskey in one pocket and two PBRs in the other, and nothing had, else, just the mask and the trench coat. You would like to believe, but no, that, <laughs> yes. we'll circle back around to that. Um, but no, I, I decided to take off for the night uh, with the only shitty Halloween costume I had laying around, which was mm-hmm. just me looking like a, a terror rapist, really. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I had a large amount of booze on my person as I was walking down there. Terror rapist? Terror rapist. I've never heard of okay. I think I just made it up, actually. Is the first terror rapist. Yeah. <laughs> I may have just made that up. I'm reasonably certain I just made that up. But anyway, so I, I was sauced by the time I actually got downtown. So I took a leisurely stroll down there. Mm-hmm. And I went to see some friends of mine at a, at a bar that, again, I will not name. They, they just started feeding me their their band beer because they were getting everything for free so mm-hmm. i was getting buckets of beer while i'm just standing there in the audience looking creepy as fuck <laughs> this was during and, halloween uh, pub crawl right like th- this was during okay, just this was during halloween. <laughs> just no, it was actually during the turkey trot strangely <laughs> enough but um actually that was the same night that i had uh, i'd gone into the bathroom this is whenever they still had a stall in there because they trusted people like idiots uh i walked into the bathroom and there were two people banging in there and they wanted me to come in and do on a gazelle with them. Actually, no, not this time. They weren't quite that athletic. They, they, they hadn't they were, done the coke yet. Right, they were awkwardly positioned on the toilet. Anyone who's ever had sex on a toilet knows it's not comfortable and it's not fun. But apparently if you're on cocaine, it's a fucking blast. <laughs> Was there a sink in there? In the bathroom? In the bathroom? Yeah. Well, yeah, but it didn't have a stall around it. Oh, okay. They, they like it was a one person. Yeah, yeah I was just like, why be... the fuck wouldn't you just do it? No, on they, the seat? they wanted their privacy, obviously. Oh, right. <laughs> Except for whenever I came in and they were like, hey, man, do you want to do some coke and also bang my wife? And I was what? like, and I was like, no. So anyway, <laughs> no. So I leave that situation, get progressively more drunk, and then I start walking home. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, home was maybe a half mile from downtown. It wasn't very far. Yeah. And when you're dressed like I was, no one's robbing you. <laughs> so I'm walking along. I'm probably three blocks from my house, and this insatiable urge to piss hits me and i'm like oh no because i'm not in a neighborhood where you can be dressed in a trench coat and a mask and whip your dick out like, yeah that's not a, right. there's is not there, many is there an appropriate there are neighborhoods in springfield I've, I've where maybe that. it's not the worst I guess. but i've been to neighborhoods where they won't call anything on it because they're okay. like well i'm doing way worse shit over here <laughs> this guy's fine right by proxy so anyway i'm like okay I, I got to pee and I got to get somewhere away from the road. So there were several cars that kept going by because it uh-huh. was, you know, it was around Halloween. People are busy that night. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to get away from the road. So I'm peeing on this fence in this guy's driveway. And I look over and I realize that all of his windows are open and I can see directly in his house. Was not fucking on Gazelle before you asked. <laughs> I was going to circle back, so but, I'm glad you clarified. But he was sitting there watching TV, which was obviously against the wall with the windows on, because I'm looking right at this guy. And I'm like, oh no, I need to stop peeing on this guy's fence, but I'm still peeing and I can't stop. <laughs> so I'm now like, I, I kind of sidestep while still urinating all the way across his driveway. <laughs> 
it, this seems like it went on for 13 minutes. I have no idea that this particular pee seemed to have gone on for a very long time. You but had a lot of beer. I had had a lot of beer. So I get to the front of this guy's house, and I'm I'm just peeing away, like right, kind of right next to his porch. Mm-hmm. Because there's no lights on any of the windows, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty safe, I think. Yeah. About that point, he opens the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> and keep in mind, long trench coat, Phantom of the Opera mask, piss on this guy's house. <laughs> The only thing that I could think to say in that moment was, this isn't my house. <laughs> and then I zipped up and walked away. And that dude, I, he looked fucking terrified, if I'm being honest. Oh, my like, God. But he thought some weird shit was about to go down. But turns out I just urinated on the side of his house for about 45 minutes or whatever. Like, it's no big deal. So that's that's my personal experience with downtown and just how drunk it can get you and just how much trouble I should be in. I can only hope that... That was that man's, like, first introduction to the paranormal, and now he listens to this podcast. And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't see a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> now we <laughs> just ruined <laughs> whatever he was into. I'm so sorry, guy. Well, hopefully he wasn't out there trying to collect my ectoplasm or anything. Ew! Ooh. <laughs> but anywho, love you, Springfield. Sorry for peeing all over you all the time. I love you so much, Springfield. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm really excited to hear about this. Like you've kind of hinted a little bit to me the past couple of days. So let's let's do this thing. Yeah. So I started doing different research about different parts of Springfield that have been said to be haunted. And here here's a little Springfield trivia for you. Since you're called the Queen City Creeps, do you know why it's called the Queen City? Because we are the Queen City of the Ozarks? I don't know. Yeah. I, that's essentially it. it uh, in 1878... We had, like, the most entrepreneurs and the most businesses, and somebody said, they're the queen city of the Ozarks because they're doing so great. Woo-hoo! And that's that's how, it, somehow it stuck. So, I like it. Yeah. I like the new, the new flag we're trying to do and all the callbacks to the Ozarks. It's mm-hmm. just really cool. Yeah. Well, get ready for some seedy underbelly of the history <laughs> that <laughs> might make you a little less proud of us. Um, <laughs> but, you know... That that's America for you. So the the family that I decided to focus on is John Campbell's family. A lot of you guys probably heard of Campbell Street. Yeah, that yes. is named after him and his family. His cousin was Junius Roundtree, and Roundtree is a really popular neighborhood. I love here. that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they and Nathaniel Green. There's a park named after him, and also Green County where we live. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of the the first three big the trinity yeah the 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 trinity if you will the trifecta of white guys who came in and settled (laughs) springfield so you know the land we live on was inhabited by the kickapoo osage and lenape native peoples before they were forced onto treaty lands Mm -hmm. um or as a writer for the 1880 springfield newsleader said they were able to live here with none to molest or make them afraid (laughs) Until 1830, when John P. Campbell and the rest of the gang showed up and forced them. them. Th- pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, forced- they don't say that specifically, but like we, they're white people, we know. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what Whitey did in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was born in 1804 in North Carolina, and he passed away in 1852, and his grave is still here in Hazelwood Cemetery. And that's the cemetery that's kind of off Glenstone and Seminole, like if you're driving toward the mall. Yes, the um, big one. Yeah, so you can still see his grave there today if you wanted to do that is that the one with the big statue on it or is that somebody else his is kind of like a big white obelisk 
Um, Color me surprised. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Nothing about his male ego about that. Um, So he got married two years after uh, coming to settle Springfield to Louisa Chairs from Tennessee, and they went on to have 11 children. Wow. Over the next several years, they kind of kept growing and developing their community, and Springfield officially became incorporated in 1838, and the town square was established. Um, And it's still the square that we have today downtown. Park Central. Mm Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think a southwestern Missouri settler would do for fun? I don't know. Well, shootouts in the square and horse racing. Oh, Is what you do. Until... A few years later, in 1833, Mr. John Campbell said that a light from God shone upon him, and he renounced horse racing. So he found Jesus and outlawed horse racing in But molesting Indians Was and totally fine. slave owning, totally still okay. Yeah, horse racing, lines. bad. That makes sense. Was, was, it, was it horse racing, like, gambling-wise, or yeah. were we going full-on chariot races? What are we dealing with? <laughs> I, think, I think it's just horse racing around a track, and you make bets. Okay. Oh. So but, maybe he was losing all his bets, and that's why he's like, God told me this. we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> we shouldn't do this anymore. <laughs> right, but you can still play, I mean, like, roulette's still on the table, just no more horses. Is that... Yeah, he said that a light came upon him and told him to renounce horse racing. Specifically <laughs> yes. horse racing. Wow. I, I feel like that was just this bookie, like, dude, you can't keep doing this. <laughs> Seriously, I've already bought most of the plots of land you had for sale <laughs> taking your money um, so you know three years later because that was in 1833 and then in 1836 the first homicide in springfield proper happened i mean there was probably homicides by the native people who lived here before but like after okay, springfield right. was established tried in courts here this is the first one that was recorded how many years did it take for an actual homicide to be recorded six dude we were killing it back then Uh, not literally i know (laughs) no that (laughs) that's happened like in the last week i know yeah pretty much (laughs) and then there's that guy flashing himself all over fairgrove that's exciting (laughs) Uh, it's a good time in springfield i feel personally attacked (laughs) (laughs) so the first homicide in Springfield proper was the killing of John Roberts by Judge Chaz Yancey. So was Ro- he the only judge we had? Uh, well, a different judge h- held the trial. So okay, good. At least between Excellent. the homicide and when he went to trial, <laughs> a different judge was brought on the scene. But Roberts, who was the victim, he was actually in court on an assault charge, and John Campbell was one of the witnesses. And so him and John kind of get in a shouting match uh, across the witness stand and where he's the being the defendant, I suppose. They're just yelling back and forth at each other. And Judge Yancey t- tries to get order in the court. And Robert says, I'll say what I damn well please in this high court of heaven or in hell. Ooh, <laughs> and that didn't damn. sit well with the judge. I'm going to start saying that at work whenever I'm mad. So say whatever I want. No. <laughs> Literally all the time. Yeah. <laughs> in this high court of heaven or in hell. Or in hell. He was fined $20 for saying that. <laughs> um, but in 1830s money, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair amount. But. He paid it. He was not charged in the assault case. But then whenever he saw the judge around town, he would yell at him and taunt him. And it just really pissed Yancey, the judge, off. So one day, him and his friend, and his friend's name is Littleberry Hendricks. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So Yancey and Littleberry are walking around on the square, <laughs> and Roberts decides to rile him up. He's yelling his normal whatever he's yelling at him. And then Yancey uh, sees him reach into his breast coat pocket and he thinks he's going to pull a gun or a knife so he old western time style pulls out two guns and shoots him right there 
And apparently Robert says, don't shoot again. I'm a dead man now as he's falling down. <laughs> so this guy's just full of one-liners. Uh, even like to his last words. Wow. Um, and, but then whenever they inspected the body, he was actually reaching in his jacket for a glasses case, not he, for a weapon. He needed to see specifically who was yelling at him. <laughs> right. Probably. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, who's that there? Oh, <laughs> Little Barry. <laughs> um, but uh, so Yancey gets arrested. John Campbell bails him out. And then when it goes to trial, it turns out his friend Little Barry, who he was downtown with and saw the whole thing happen, was his lawyer. Too. Oh, nice. <laughs> but he doesn't get charged with murder. What does he get charged with? Manslaughter. Oh. But, and I was like, well, that's kind of reflective of how our court system still works. Like, someone's reaching for something that's not a gun, they get killed, and the person gets it's off It's still with, just manslaughter. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's, re- there's a reason that I shot at you. It's fine. <laughs> well, it'll be, you know, things haven't changed in 150 years, so. So, what are you going to do? You'll be good. Just yeah. get, get, get little Barry. Hendrix to be your lawyer and you'll be good. <laughs> so back to the Campbell family specifically, um, they owned slaves and they were super Confederate sympathizers. They were all about it, which probably shouldn't surprise you, but mm-hmm. welcome to the Southwest part of America. Yeah. I am blown away. Yeah. <laughs> we have some really great Civil War memorabilia around here. Mm-hmm. We've got some forts. No, not, in got some, not in this not house. Not in this house. No, right. This not is a house. Civil War free house. We've got, <laughs> we've got some battlefields. We have all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Well, guys. and Missouri kind of flaked back and forth, but by the end, you were supposed to enlist Union. So we try to say, oh, we were on the good guy's side, but honestly, for a while, we flaked back and forth about what you could do. Oh, no. In yes. my hometown, we still have, like, a summer festival called Bushwhacker Days. <laughs> and the Bushwhackers, for those of you that don't know, were Confederates that would hide and jump out and kill Union soldiers. Mm-hmm. We've been burned down twice by the Union. <laughs> All the cannons in Nevada still point towards Fort Scott, which was a Union fort in Kansas. It's a thing still. Yeah. I, I actually played Bushwhacker Days a couple of times. And it's then, a good old time. And then got a funnel cake, and I was like, wow, history's fun. History's great. <laughs> I mean, funnel cake, that is what the Confederates survived on. For sure. I have they, to assume so, yeah. They needed that powdered sugar to give them energy yep. to load their muskets. <laughs> um, so John P., He's call, they call him... I should backtrack a little bit. They call him John P. Campbell because he had a son, John Jr. So just plain John Campbell is the son, but John P. Campbell is the father. Like George W. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, So John P. died in 1852. So he actually was already dead by the time the Civil War broke out. Um, But his his widow and their living children except for the ones who were old enough to not live at home, all still lived here. But his son, John Jr., was in Mississippi selling slaves at the time of the war. Classy. And one of the History Museum documents was a letter that he wrote, I guess, to his co-slave seller, who was like, yeah, just just send me an invoice about how much you made for them. Like, he wasn't even too worried about it. So, <laughs> so that's how, like, callous they were. But his his widow, Louisa... And the remaining younger children, in July of 1861, they were at a church picnic that the Union soldiers then came to break up. And I'm a little curious, like, what was going down at this church picnic that the Union soldiers felt like they needed to break up? It was uh, actually a Klan rally. It was Pro- a like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The Ku Klux Klan bag. Yeah. Klan bag. They were having a little cakewalk. You know. That was really funny. 
<laughs> and so she had a son living she had two sons uh who were 16 and 18 and the next day after they broke up that picnic they were so pissed off they went and enlisted in the confederate army two weeks later the battle of wilson's creek happened and they both died at wilson's creek wilson's um, creek is like right outside of springfield yeah it's like 10 miles away the worst fighting happened at a place a ridge that's there that's called bloody hill and mm-hmm. the reason it's called that is because there was 1300 union casualties and 1200 confederate casualties and that included the two Campbell boys, who had only enlisted, like, the month before. Yeah. So it wasn't called that before the battle? No, before it was oh, okay. just called Normal Hill. It, it was just it was not, not Normal Bloody Hill. Hill. <laughs> was, that, that was my first thought. I was like, well, don't fight on Bloody Hill. It's a terrible <laughs> it's idea. Just a terrible it doesn't idea. bode well. It's like a premonition. How the fuck do you think this was going to end? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think before that it was just that hill over there. Um, <laughs> and so they, of course, say that Wilson's Creek is haunted because... There, I mean, there was 2,500 casualties there yeah. in a period of five hours, it says, because um, a lot Holy of it was shit. close, really yeah, close combat. So I don't know. I have been out to Wilson's Creek a couple times. I've never had any haunted experiences there. Have you guys ever? I've, I've done a, quite a bit of walking slash hiking at Wilson's Creek and never really seen anything other than like... But did you go at night? No. Can you go? You can't go at night. It's a national park. Right. Yeah. Right? I, I don't I don't know their hours. We should break we in. We should. We'll put that on <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. our social media. Right. What the hours. Do <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's a good hike, though. I mean, it's fun. It's really pretty out there. Mm-hmm. But I've never had any paranormal experiences. I will say I was on, when I worked for the museum, I was in this group that had, like, meetings out there. And they are actually a super fortified bunker. The, all the concrete walls are like three feet thick and all the glass is like shatterproof. And it's because like if there's ever a major catastrophe, mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be a place that people can go for like safe haven. And oh, they, really? They apparently yeah. train like other national parks on how to be super safe. So wow. my game plan if there's ever a zombie outbreak is to go to Wilson's Creek and hide in the fortress and use the civil war muskets to protect myself so right after her sons went and died at wilson's creek louisa decided to make their home a confederate uh soldiers hospital and their house what it's not there anymore there's like a marker there now but it's on water street what is now water street um in between boonville and jefferson so if you can picture where that's at downtown it's like a a little north of the square it's kind of a rough area now, isn't it? I, I, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm like, <laughs> not to be judgmental, I'm just saying there's you, you, <laughs> it's a little bit of a rough you, area. You, you can go two, blo- two blocks in any direction in Springfield and be in a rough area. I can't <laughs> really yeah. say for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, I hope that this episode is particularly satisfying to people who live in Springfield and can like picture all our landmarks. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't, I guess tough shit. I don't really know what to Google, tell you. Use Google, Google Maps. It. Google yeah. Maps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You can go on Google Maps, like, along with our story, looking up all places. <laughs> so she had made it a Confederate hospital, because obviously that's what the Campbells were all about. Yeah. But then in 1862, the Union Army came and confiscated their home to use as a Union hospital. And then they also gave Louisa Campbell and her two remaining children an exile order that they had to leave Springfield because... Springfield was by the books all Union now, and they were obviously Confederate Confederate. sympathizers. So, I mean, no way. I I think it's crazy to me that within this is within about 30 years, he founds the town, and then 30 years later, his wife, his widow, and children are given an exile order that they can't even live here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that's so sad, but at the same time, like, 
Yeah, no, it's fucking not. It's not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your priorities in line, people. Well, if you guys want to hear a little bit about the Campbell family women, um, here's a picture of Louisa Campbell. Um, she looks pretty harsh, and she's but she's wearing these kind of awesome fingerless gloves. Oh. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice that until you said it. She's both amazing. got really excited about this. <laughs> uh, she uh, was described as a dark-complected woman with a long nose and a hatchet face. How do you get your hair to do that? We'll put this up on social media. You guys can look at it on Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook because this is a little intense. Here you go, Shelby. Sorry. I've You're heard... very interested in the fingerless gloves. <laughs> well, I don't know what a hatchet face means. Well, hello, Louisa. <laughs> if you're into 1860s ladies. I feel like it's the nose. Hatchet face to me always seems like a like the nose. They got, mm-hmm. a, they got a beak on them. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Supposedly... Uh, she was only ever seen crying once, despite her husband dying, like nine of her 11 children dying. The only time she was giving birth to 11 children, the only time she was seen crying was when her youngest son came back alive from the Civil War. I will say, I don't know that I cried when Eliza was born so much as I was like, get it the fuck out of me. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that's how she felt too. (laughs) Shut up, Uh, but what happens when she joins the Confederacy, Sarah? Then what do you do? We're going to have to have a really strong conversation. <laughs> yeah. I bet she kind of like prepared herself that like her kids might die, though. In that and time frame. Like, yeah. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I'll deal with it when it comes. Like, And then she was so happy mm-hmm. when her kid actually came back. Because the other two sons, at least two of the other sons who enlisted died within weeks of enlisting. So, yeah. 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 Well, and really, like the number of kids that just didn't survive through to adulthood Mm -hmm. she's just used to it by this point Mm -hmm. that's why she had 11 kids exactly she's like some of these aren't gonna make it man (laughs) gotta have a few trial (laughs) trial versions um (laughs) well let's see uh i i get the impression like and this is me going through the documents that the history museum has online that are associated with louisa campbell all of them are like her getting exiled from springfield her suing another guy for selling a slave that she said was hers her publishing announcements for runaway slaves that she saw like she just was super she was on it yeah yeah if uh if there was a slave she thought she knew what they needed to be doing (laughs) (laughs) which was apparently not being free um So she, uh, <laughs> if they see freedom in the distance, just knock that down. No, yeah. no um, freedom for you. <laughs> you know, her daughter wasn't very nice either. I wonder where she got it from. Right. <laughs> she learned from watching you, mom. Yeah. Their, their oldest surviving daughter, they named Sarah Rush, but they called her Rush. And so that's what she like signed all her letters with and stuff. Rush lo- wrote a letter to Chloe Curry who was a freed slave woman who had started a relationship with her brother. And then after her... Hold bro- on. Point what? of clarification. Yeah. Chloe started a relationship with her own brother? Sorry. Or with Sarah Rush's with, with brother? With Sarah Rush's brother. So there was a person that was like... As, like was she, But she was a freed woman when... Yeah, because this is like okay. 1901. So she chose to be mm-hmm. in a relationship with a guy from a super racist family. Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. Continue on. I just yeah. wanted to make sure that there was no question about the incest situation. So right. that's yeah, what I, didn't, I, I didn't phrase yeah. that very well. Is it bad that I automatically assumed incest? I d- mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Sarah Rush writes Chloe Curry a letter about dating Will, who is Sarah's brother. Okay. Yes. I, I, if that phrasing is better. That yes. makes more sense. Well, um, I mean, made sense either way. I'm just clarifying. Mm-hmm. So after Will passes away... 
this is when the letter takes place. I guess she didn't say too much when they were actually together. But after her brother passes away, she blames Chloe for, and this is, quote, his blighted, tortured life cut off from his kind. And she predicted that Chloe's flesh shall fall away from her bones, which are knotted and twisted with pain. She will cry out for a second birth that men call death, only to find herself on a spirit path to double suffering. What the shit? That is what Rush said to (laughs) Chloe in a letter, because that's how much she hated her. You guys remember when I talked about how I don't like writing down curse words? That's why. (laughs) I I have the weirdest erection right now. Can I be honest with you? That was amazing. I'm glad we're not on the love scene together. (laughs) I mean, these are all available at the History Museum online if you want to look up some of these 1800s curses. Have at it. You've got old Louisa you can look at. Right, I'm, I'm pretty into the 1800s apparently i didn't know that until, <laughs> yeah. until tonight <laughs> learning God. new things all the time um and then just to put salt on the wound she also made uh chloe be responsible for all of her brother's debts and so chloe had to work farming carton until she died oh, to wow. try to pay off will's debts were they married um it doesn't ever say i don't think that they could legally marry but they were in a it was known that they were having a relationship. Like a common law type well, yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Then she could fuck right off. I mean, I don't see... Yeah. I mean, obviously the law is not really favoring the yeah. anyone who may mm-hmm. or may not be a free black person at the time, but holy I, shit. I think that Sarah Rush was the only surviving member of the family at that time. I think that her and Will were the last two. And they were obviously estranged. Yeah, and their parents were already dead. And so I think that she could say what she wanted to happen with the estate and it happened. It happened, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but later in life, she uh, tried to make some sort of peace with the way she behaved, I think, to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, she got really into the transcendentalism of the early 1900s, and she wrote kind of a semi-autobiographical book about a woman who loses both of her children and Rush lost both of her children. And then this phrase I thought it was interesting because I felt like it kind of came full circle with the light that sh- her father said shone upon himself about horse racing. She said, uh, after, the- after her children died, um, after a time I had healing visions of my children busy and happy. Then I received my illumination. I found wells of peace, raised my weary head, and drank. She'll be your type of woman <laughs> for sure. Holy I, shit! I, w- I was born a hundred years too late. Apparently, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of the story of the Campbell family from founding Springfield to being exiled from Springfield to telling people that they will lead go down a spirit path of double suffering, <laughs> yeah. which Shelby yeah. is into. <laughs> Shelby's deeply so into fucking this. Into. So, um, can, can you explain transit? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm speaking. Sorry, Shelby. <laughs> Can you explain transcendentalism? Because I don't, um, I don't 100% know what that is. It was a philosophical movement where it was, you're kind of not bound to any certain religion. It's all about like what you have to do to make peace with yourself and to do what makes you happy. There was a lot of reading of different philosophers and a little bit of reading of Buddhist teachings and stuff like that. It was like, if there was such a thing as like hippies in like the 1910s, I think that that would be these people. So and, kind of taking whatever path you can to reach enlightenment. Yeah. Would that be a, mm-hmm. a, a good synopsis of it? Yeah. That's kind of what I assumed when you said transcendentalism because... Mm-hmm. transcending the physical form, whatever the case might be. But I wasn't sure if that was mm-hmm. to be understood that way. So, so I mean, if there can be any peace had with the way that this family behaved, maybe she was just trying to find that later yeah. in her life. There's no mm-hmm. way to, I mean, karma's going to bite her in the ass. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's got to find 
I mean, sort of. we, we can pull these receipts. We have them, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> about the way she treated Chloe and stuff. But an asshole. Mm-hmm. But very eloquent, I will say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, for as much of a bitch as she was, mm-hmm. pretty good writer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very I mean, clear, concise, to the point. Mm-hmm. Right. One thing that was really interesting in my research, uh, especially the information I have about the women of the Campbell family, was actually written by an African-American woman who was researching. Well, she's um, she's actually half African-American, half white, and she was researching the white side of her family. And the article was actually called Confederates in My Closet. And it was like realizing that this was the white side of her family. Oh, wow. Um, and kind of coming to terms with that, you know, so. It's an amazing title, though. Yeah. yeah. It, where, I mean, do we have to go through the library to find that? Or is that something we could find online? Um, that one was on the Village Voice online. Um, okay. And the title of it was Confederates in My Closet. Very so, cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Springfield history uh, is fraught with death and murder and all that kind of fun stuff that we're all into down here yeah so i can certainly if you guys ever want to know more about it just call me up we will definitely (laughs) hit you up on that rachel thank Mm -hmm. you thank you so rachel is there any big events or anything coming up that you'd like to give a shout out to for springfield yeah um one way that you can come down especially the historic part of springfield and get involved is arts fest which is our annual art festival if you hadn't guessed by the title <laughs> by the title um, yeah there's art there's music there's snacks there's beer um and this will be happening may 5th and 6th on historic walnut street um it's five dollars to get in um you can come both days if you buy a pass on either day um well i guess you can't go back in time and go back if you buy a pass on the 6th but right, if you buy yeah. one on the 5th you can go both days i'm gonna test the theory yes. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think i'm actually judging it arts fest oh really cool yeah. yeah i'm really excited this will be the second time that i've done it and there's always so much great art and just really fun music and food and everything it's it's super fun and worth your time and money so you should come down and support it i don't know i guess i can say this because the uh schedule has been announced but the headliner uh, for music is actually Mood Ring Circus, which is a band that we all know and love and that we go down and see at Moon City Pub a lot. So Quite often. Come and yeah. see them. Nice. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. We love having you. We'll have to have you back again because you were great. Thanks. <laughs> Perfect. Well, guys, that's it for us tonight. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that we had to say here today or just where you'd like some information about what you heard from Rachel, hit us up at queencitycreeps@gmail.com. Thanks, guys, and have a great night. Bye. Bye.